Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. <laughs> We're here tonight to be refreshed. But do you know God is a kingdom builder? Uh-oh. He's a kingdom builder. Do we all realize this about God? That he is a, well, he just wrote ruler. You know what? I went to write builder. He's a, he wants kingdom rulers, but he's got to build them. Amen? And, and I don't know about you, but I went into the bathroom tonight before class, you know. And they have this in the, in the women's bathroom. They have like a little thing that flops down for mother and baby. You can put your baby on there and change the baby's diaper. And on it, it says, baby changing station. <laughs> baby <laughs> changing station. Just let it sink in. That's a girl class, isn't it? Baby, baby, baby changing station. Sometimes when God takes us from a child... He takes us, we start off as children, don't we? And then he takes us to the stage of a young man. Now, our age has nothing to do with this, okay, our physical age. And then he takes us into the father stage or mother, parent, the parent, right? Because that's what somebody that's called to lead others is really basically a spiritual parent. Make sense? Take the mystery away, doesn't it? Because you're, you're looking at them and, and you're supposed to shepherd them. And that takes somebody that's mature. And so when you're in this grow class and you're going through the crown and different lessons that we're going to go through, you travel through in this class, it's the baby changing station. <laughs> Wherever we're at today, he's going to stretch us. I know he's stretching me and all kinds of things. <sighs> you know, and it's like sometimes you want to say, stop, this hurts. But, you know, if you work out and you stretch, you know, it does hurt. It's supposed to. And then you're supposed to get comfortable in your stretch. And then when you're comfortable in that stretch, he takes it further. And now we got to find comfort in that new place. And nobody in here is here to remain the same because he's going to make you a kingdom ruler. <laughs> you, that's really why you're here. Every person he draws here. Okay, that will remain through some of it, you know, because it gets a little rocky at times in here because God is growing us. And with growing, he wants us refreshed as we learn, but then we have to apply it. Amen. So he wants to build us, you know, and grow us because when you look at this planet, you sit back in his chair and you look at that ball circled, you know, there's needs on this earth. Amen. Unless your head's buried in the sand. You know, we need people in the church to straighten it out. We need people in the government that have, that have got their foundation straightened out. I mean, who could God take to the presidents of nations to help them to really straighten their life out so that they in turn could help straighten out their nation? Think on the, that level. That's the level. Okay, you will be a testimony before kings. Well, why? 
so I can get my picture in the paper, so I can sign autographs and maybe sell more books? No, so that you can save that nation. Amen? So when you think, what is God doing in the crown? Well, he needs rulers. Amen? But when we go to change and he takes us and he stretches us, it hurts. But the thing about it is many will pop. I'm done. I'm done. I can't take it. And they, they, they freak out. But then in that freak out, they leave and don't come back. It's okay to freak out because we all do, <laughs> you know, we have to unload. He's the mighty counselor. He has ears. A counselor, I don't know if you've ever been to a counselor, but they, they, you go into their office and, and they ask what's the problem and they listen, don't they? Hand you tissue and at the end they take your money and sometimes they never said anything. Hopefully we're not going to the devil for counseling these people that aren't born-again Christians, right, that don't have a foundation correct. we got to be careful who we listen to, don't we? So uh, a friend of mine, I had prayed and prayed and prayed. She was wheelchair-bound. God put me with this. She, she started off as a stranger, but she was in a wheelchair, and she lived far away from me, but God had me connect with her. And I t went to her, told her my story, and gave her the Bible and all the things that she needed. At that time, that's all I had to give, right? But <clears throat> I was in contact with her every day, and I had prayed and prayed and prayed and sobbed and went into deep intercession for her. And I'm not, I think we all pray differently, whatever God, the anointing that God places on our life. But I prayed and prayed and prayed for her to be trans transformed from this wheelchair-bound woman to healing like I got. And it just really came upon me to pray, pray, pray. Well, she called me uh, and she said, Annie, you're not going to believe what happened. I was in my room last night about X amount of time. And that's about the time I had stayed late at my business after it closed and, and was praying and praying and crying and crying. I mean, you know, really storming the gates of hell type of thing for her. And she said, you're not going to believe what happened. I was just laying in bed and all of a sudden I was gone. And I went up into this room in heaven. And she goes, did you see? She goes, I can't believe it. I went right through the roof. God let her see herself go right through the roof. And God landed her in this big room. And all she saw were these babies on the floor with dirty diapers. He said, my people, <laughs> my people have not learned who I am. They don't know the word, and they're still hanging out and crawling in lo the lower regions of life because they refuse to study and to know who I am and to leave their life of sin. And if you will apply yourself, this is where I'm going to send you to, to raise my people out of their manure. God is pretty direct at times, you know. He doesn't have to, you know, he's not uh, like the Queen of England, have to do everything spotless. God is very direct, amen. And, and he's very, very honest. I like that about God, don't you? So when you wonder what is going on here, well, you know that you have been brought to be a kingdom ruler. When you kind of perceive that, God is even, I, I just feel like telling you, Kenry, that God has so many inventions that he wants to bring to the earth. Example, he brought the airplane. 
He brought the car, okay? He brought the computer. And uh, he, he, would, he wants to raise up people to take his inventions and to be risen on the earth, to be a prophet to the earth, but also to give him glory. Amen? So you never know where he's going to place you. But before he places his people, he wants them, their foundation solid. Amen? Make sense? So we know that nothing in life is achieved without determination and effort. When we go from a child to a young man to a father, there is some pushing going on. Like uh, Cindy, the other day, she ordered three of the Preparing the Bride books. So she has got herself in the crown and she's pushing forward. Amen? So she's putting some effort and determination into her placement. And God sees that, right? God doesn't want to have under his employee people that just half-heartedly, you know, blow him off. I don't know how else to say it. So tonight's message is a continuance of last week called The Price Tag. Do you guys ever go into the store and uh, you, have to, you have to pay the price on the tag, don't you? If it's shirts $15, you don't get up to the register and say, listen here. You listen here. I'm going to give you $1.50 for this. And if you don't like it and you're telling the cashier what you're going to do, I mean, that just doesn't operate right, does it? And so we learned last week that James and uh, John of Zebedee, you know, uh, they wanted a seat in, in glory, but that that's going to come with a price tag. Amen. It's going to come for, with a price tag. Hey, girl. How are you, sweetie? So good to see you. Thank you. So everything comes with a price tag. So we're going to continue looking at this. So because God wants to raise you up, but it's going to cost you, isn't it? It's going to cost some time to study. It cost you time to be here tonight, didn't it? So, I mean, you couldn't stay home and lay on the couch and eat donuts. You had to put forth some effort to get here. Amen. Ruth knows, right? So write this scripture down. Psalm 84, 4 through 7. Who here has had children the natural way? Okay. Was it uh, pleasant? Oh, my God. I can't tell you. Was it a pleasant experience, yes or no? Yes. Mine was in an hour and a half. Okay. So yours just kind of flew out like they were on the freeway. Yeah, my water broke with my second one. Wow. Wow. How about you, Cindy? No, it was not pleasant. Okay. I told the doctor, I did it all natural. No mm -hmm. medication or anything. I'm like, cut me. Just cut me. Just cut me. It was very painful. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like my mother had it real fast. Well... The thing about, but, but after, after the pain, you got to hold the baby. Oh, yeah. So the pain diminished, did it? Yeah, it was worth it. Okay. Well, let me read you this scripture, and I added in my revelation into it. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They have remained with God through it all. They will be still praising thee, for they have not forsaken God in their trials. They have not forsaken God in their testings. 
They have not forsaken God in their afflictions and their refinings. Selah. Stop, breathe, think about it. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, as they look to God alone for everything they need in life, in whose heart are the ways of them, as they have exchanged worldly wisdom and cultural adaption and acceptance to stay and to remain faithful within righteousness as recorded within the Bible who passing through, not remaining, but definitely enduring daily with perseverance, obedience, and faith through it all. The valley of Baca, the very low place of weeping, pain, struggle, and sorrow, they make it a well for others to profit by drinking from their produced oil, from their personal sacrifice and crushing called the anointing. The rain also fills the pools as Almighty God descends upon their words, which are His, to refresh, to instruct, and to direct His people to prosper in every area of life. They go from strength to strength as they shrunk not back from the life of faith through severe and catastrophic pain Injustice, trials, sorrow, affliction, and severe adversity and disappointment. Every one of them in Zion appears before God as he is joyfully delighted and ecstatic in his true obedient family and unique masterpiece eternally. You know, we're traveling through, you know, as God is building us, We're going to be stretched. Amen. God himself puts us through a lot of stuff. If you don't believe that, we don't know the Bible. (laughs) But he puts his leaders through a lot of stuff. You know, and I was telling the group before you got here, Rosie, that God is looking to build kingdom rulers out of this class. Amen. That's why he's got people in the crown to straighten out their foundation because that was the matrix of my whole testimony. I thought I knew God until I was sitting in hell screaming. And he said, Annie, who's your favorite preacher? He said, it has to be me. They have left it off. They have, the truth has fallen. The sword is gone. The sword is gone because the sword is Christ. He talks about the goodness and severity of God so that we win. Amen. We can't win on just sugar. The angels scream in Revelation 10, eat the book. They tell all of us, one angel is standing one foot on the earth, one foot in the water, and screaming to human race, eat the book. And when we do, it'll be bitter, because we know the side of sorrow, right, of, of the eternally damned. Okay, and then it'll be sweet. We know the beauty of someone rising into glory. A friend of mine just died yesterday or two days ago, an older woman. She beautiful woman, but I know where she is. <laughs> Nothing sad about it. It was like, enjoy. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So that's the, that's the preciousness of it. But during our testing and our trials and going to a place that God has assigned for us that needs us to serve. You know, Reinhard Bronke used to run around and say, God needs all hands on deck. And that's the truth. And when you study to show yourself approved by God, not man, he'll, he, he opens that door and says, come on, Cindy, let's go. Amen? 
So, but during that, we go through sorrow. We, we're, we're against an army called hell, <laughs> okay? And uh, never think that you're not in a, in a war with Satan to arrive at your place. Let's pull David out. Was he in a war? <laughs> Did he have to go through things to arrive in his place, Henry? I don't know if you know King David. But anyway, yeah, King David had to go through much. He was, he was assaulted by a man he gave everything to to serve named Saul. Saul was possessed by an evil spirit. And here's the ticket that God sent to him. God sent to Saul an evil spirit. And, and we walk around and we fear the devil and people, but what, who we need to fear is God, amen? When we fear God, meaning I'm not, but I understand your protocol, sir. I understand sin has to go. I understand that you're a God of contract and you will discipline me and you will correct me and it will cost me and I don't want it. I'm going to live in righteousness and when I do mess up, sorry, okay? Because I don't, want, I don't want what David got. I don't want what David got. David got skinned. And because what David did in his kingdom rulership, okay, I mean, God brought him through all kind of hell, and he had to travel through the valley in the low places called Baca. But he finally, arri he finally arrived at his place of rulership. But it took years. It took years for David to arrive, to sit, to rule Israel for their benefit. Amen? But in his rulership, he sinned against God with Bathsheba. And because he did this, God said, evil will never leave your home. I will raise up evil from your own home. God. See, this God that we don't talk about in church. But we need to hear this. The world. Do you think the world knows God as he is? Amen. The Super Bowl halftime show, I pray for them. I pray for, for the world every day. But if, if they really knew God, they would be running from evil. Amen? But when we go through as kingdom rulers to arrive at God's place, like James and, you know, these two, two kids, son of Zebedee, they wanted to rule with Christ. Well, that was Christ, what he wanted to do with their life, right? Because he needs us. Did you know that Jesus needs you? And when he says, when he says, Rosie, I love you, but I need you. I need you, to, I need you in my army. I, I need to show you what life really looks like. I need you. How can we say no to Jesus? Amen. But sometimes when he says, why won't you set your alarm at 5 o'clock? Get up before the kids and spend some time with me. You say, well, I don't know if I love you that much. Well, let's look at what Jesus considers love. Amen? Because Jesus, when you sign up with Jesus, it's going to cost something called the price tag. And so we remember in Mark 10, 35, 40 last week that uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and how they desired to sit with Christ in his glory on the right and on the left. And Christ informs these two guys they would drink the cup he has and would be baptized with the baptism he himself went through. This place of union with Christ is called the cup. The cup is this, not my will, but yours be done. Amen? Like God has had me sitting for years writing and making all this. 
that wasn't my natural bent. That's not my natural personality. That has nothing to do with what I wanted to. I mean, there are some times I sat at that desk and just wept. And then God's like, wipe your tears. Let's get going. Amen? I need this. So not my will, but yours be done. John 21, 15 through 19. John 21, 15 through 19. Let's take a look at this. Jesus is having a dinner party, which he supplied by the ocean. Let us hear the conversation between Jesus and his disciple, who was a fisherman. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He says unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou was young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Now, can you imagine this dinner conversation? This is after Jesus had risen from the dead. They're out fishing, right? And um, I think Peter was just kind of discouraged. And this whole thing was pretty traumatic, right? Li- li- losing Jesus Christ and his little bit of his direction. Plus, he had rejected, you know, he had that uh, denying of Christ going on too. So. Three times. Peter crucifying his flesh and serving God glorified God. He honored God because Peter chose. He went ahead and chose Christ. But it cost Peter something, didn't it? Choosing God over submitting to our flesh pleases God on earth you know and 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 what what we're doing right now is not a dress rehearsal it's actually real lifetime we're on god's real lifetime schedule and he's growing you and he's he knows exactly what he's going to do with you isn't that neat and all we have to say is yes lord every day as we open up this bible and our notebook and our studies and say yes lord i'm ready to serve you and i want you to take me to my place on this planet that I was created to serve. In that place, you will be blessed. You will be blessed and you will be, hey, you will be a blessing. Come in, sweetheart. Yeah. And so we're very glad that um, 
God has a great plan for our life. <laughs> You're pretty good. And that he knows exactly what he's doing with us. Amen. Uh, I have a question. Oh, I, I wanted to say this first. Choosing God versus submitting to our flesh. We, we, every day we have that choice, don't we? You know, every, every morning when we get up, we, we open up our Bible, and we open up our notebook, and, we, for, and then we go into our studies, right? This is something that you're going to have to do the rest of your life every day is this, with your notebook. And then you have to get quiet, because a lot of times when we pray, well, I spent three hours praying, but God's like, in not one minute listening. He said, you know, he said, so many of my prayer, my people praying, he said, they don't stop to listen. So I can never tell them what to do. And I'm supposed to lead. You call me master, but you call me Lord, but you don't do what I tell you, right? So we have to learn to hear his voice and let him direct our path. Amen. So choosing God over submitting to your flesh, our flesh pleases God. And, and 6,000 people die every day. The stats are one out of a thousand goes to heaven. 107 a minute go. And, and, and God's like, if they did not come clean through my blood and, and the water of the word, because Jesus said, if, I, if I'm not able to wash you, you'll have no part with me. But see, we learn these things when we go through the foundation. It's very, it's very thorough. It's a very thorough study of things that we miss, right? I mean, I could go through that myself, and I'm still, I've learned from it myself, because we can never stop learning. If, we're, if we stopped learning, then we're going to stop growing, and we're, we're going to be eternal students of Jesus Christ as he takes us into the millennial, and he takes us into the new, new heavens, new earth, ages to come, ages, infinity, Cindy, Rosie, Ruthie, you know, I mean, infinity. There's no end to what we're going to be learning. And he's always going to have a study. But I, I wanted to ask each one of you this question. What was associated within this passage between Jesus and Peter, between his placement and assignment? What, what did Jesus associate with his assignment, feed my sheep? What was the main thing that Jesus asked of Peter. Do you see that in that scripture? Jesus, he said, do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Do you see how that's connected? So isn't that, isn't that something that love is connected with work? Love defined Jesus describes love as giving up what you want for another, <laughs> right? I remember years ago, you know, he's asked all kinds of things from me. You know, go cut the homeless people's hair because I, I used to cut hair and have my license and what have you. And, and so I would go cut their hair or go start a Bible study at uh, the nursing home. Yes, Lord. Go, go to evangelize the big um, Miami Dolphins football game. You know, he'd send me all over the place. And whatever he asked, yes, Lord, amen. And he still asked me to do things. 
I want these books, you know, I want 10 more. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to say because you can almost feel that stretching and that pulling in you. This isn't the way I want to go, but it's a part of feeding the sheep, amen? So for the foundational repair in the human so that God can bring them up because we cannot rise properly and lead until we know truth in its fullness, you know, no gray or no wrong, right? So question I have for you guys. Can you recall a time when you had to be second place and not first? Just think about that. When did you have to take the back seat? Because Peter, he had this big fishing business. I mean, many, many times God will walk into someone's life and say, well, okay, this is what you're doing now, but this is what I want now. <laughs> you know, like when he told me, you're going into full-time ministry. I was on the radio for seven nights. I was a Christian radio broadcaster for seven nights out of a uh, radio station in Tampa. And uh, I did it a lot of evangelism and different things. It was involved in different ministries as the director of this or outreach director and all that stuff. We went into strip clubs and porn shows and I've done all kinds of stuff. I've been in, even into satanic nightclubs evangelizing. But when it came to the day Christ says, you're going into full-time ministry, I, uh, he said, write it down. It was 2014 of July or 2013, I forget. But anyway, in there, and I had a very good job. This is after my divorce at an asset management firm. I was, you know, I started uh, as, as part of the asset management firm and then branched off to be a partner with one of the lead asset managers from Chicago. Okay. And uh, I just sat there. I didn't know what to say. And he said, write it down. So I did. And I didn't say any more. I just went about my business, you know, what do you, I wasn't going to ask any questions or anything because I did this whole thing looked unusual, but a lot of times God's plans look unusual. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's the way he operates. And so I went to work and everything was fine. And, and two weeks later, uh, he calls, he says, Ann, I need to have a meeting with you. And so I went, we met for a meeting and uh, with my partner, right? And he said, I have decided to go with a, another firm as another kind of asset director. I'm going to be directing or, you know, things are going to change here. So I'm not going to be able to do what we're doing anymore. <laughs> but I'm going to give you some severance. And I was like, <laughs> it's so God, God is, God doesn't change his mind. When, when God knocks, it doesn't matter who's running around the house. God's going to get get his way. And I left there and I was like, silence. I, I think I was, you know, I've seen the Lord. I've seen different things in heaven and angels and all that. But sometimes God's sovereign power shocks me. I mean, I was like, Phew. I mean, it really does. He's in charge of every breath you take. He's in charge of every everything. I mean, he, when he makes a decision, it's over. You can't go back and try to get him to change his mind. He doesn't change his mind. He will let us have a tizzy. He will let us throw our hands up. 
He will let us spin in circles. And, and, and we cry, cry, cry. I've done it myself. I cried, cried, cried. Are you ready? Wipe your eyes and let's, let's get on with it. He's just as solid as they come. He peaceful. Go ahead, roll around in the ground. But, but I'm not going to change my mind. And he wasn't going to change his mind with Peter, no matter what Peter did wrong. If you felt fallen, get back up. That's what the blood's for, amen? I mean, that's, what the, that's where he died on the cross. Use the blood. There's nothing the devil can do about that, amen? So, <clears throat> I'm sure that we can all think of a time where Christ asks us to be second and not first. Does anybody want to share something out of the blue? I mean, I see something right off the bat, being a mother. That might be, you might have to take second place to that child, <laughs> right? Okay, so just an example of second place, being a mother. It's not an easy place, but it does change. And then you can see them on their way, amen? <laughs> you know, it's true, though. There's some days where it's like, boy, I love you, honey. But, you know, I'll, I'm looking forward to some change. And it does change, doesn't it? Anybody married in this room? Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to be second for that for that man. Well, do you think God, which place... Which place do you think God wants? First place or second place? Oh, okay, so he does. Rosie's smiling ear to ear. She knows that one. Well, I just wanted to give you a personal story. Another personal story. I like stories, don't you? The Lord called me into full-time ministry. You're called into full-time ministry. Write it down. I remember I was at my desk at home, and I just was kind of startled because I could sense his presence right there. Write it down. And then two weeks later... It was over. And I remember walking to my car and I'm thinking, how am I going to live? What are we going to do? You know, all these questions, right? Well, in order to pay for my living expenses, when I got home, I said, what, how are we going to do this? He said, we're well, going to get all your jewelry. <laughs> you're going to get all your jewelry, all your diamonds, because I had quite a bit, and you're going to go sell them. I said, well, I, I don't know how to do this. He said, I do. I said, what? I said, you called me into full-time ministry and I got to pay. He said, everything you have is mine. When you, when you cross over from the world, when you cross over from the world into my kingdom, this is the foolish Christian and stated in Matthew 25 that goes on in their sin and thinks everything's going to be good. This is my testimony. And then God moves us up to the wise Christian that fears and loves God. Amen. But anyway, when you come into my kingdom... He said, everything you have is mine. Everything you have is mine. And so if you're going to withhold that, then, then we need to talk about things. I mean, God grows your faith through the years, okay? He'd be, he's been growing my faith ever since I got to planet Earth. You know, when you run your own corporation, you've got to have faith in God. Amen. But I said, okay. And so I, I, I just thought, I've just never heard of this. I've just never heard of this. He said, well... He said, um, this is the way it's going to be. So I went and I sold everything and everything worked out. But 
you know, God says, I promise you that I will bless you as my servant. He said, but I want you to sow for that. You're not to have any idols above me, right? And uh, we have to remember that as God's growing you into a ruler, he may ask things of you that don't, it's like throw you for a loop. We didn't learn about this at church. <laughs> but when you really know him by knowing the word, you know how he operates. He asked, he asked Abraham for his son, didn't he? You know, Jesus even had to, had to do things. He, he went and borrowed a donkey to ride on, didn't he? And he sent his guys and he said, go, go get me that place for the Passover. I mean, God's in charge. He, he had Moses take a whole nation out to, to a sea, not a little pond, fish pond. I mean, what was the plan? <laughs> What's the plan? What's God's plan? God is the plan. Say, when you don't know the plan and God asks things of you, God is the plan. And so there was a little bit, there was a lot of struggle in me overselling my, my jewelry. But I went ahead and did it and God said, you have to sew for your later. He said, you can hold on to something and you will never sew for, you, for the blessed life. And I'm, I, this is what I'm requiring of you. And God says, you're going to have to believe that payday will come. Amen. So we sow and we give up what we want now for later. And we travel, like in, in, in uh, Psalm 84, we travel this journey. I have so many stories of my time with Christ ever since he came. It's just there's so many. And there's years before that, owning my own corporation, how God will try your faith and stretch your faith, but he always comes through. That's the one thing I can say is God is faithful after all these years, but you would believe the things that he does lead you into, that you're going to have to have one thing, two things. You're going to have to have courage, courage. Maybe he's going to, he's going to have you talk to the friend that's always cussing, okay? I don't know where, why I brought this up, but you're, you have a friend that's always cussing. Every time you go out for coffee or you meet him for basketball or football, he's always cussing, and God's like, you need to say something to him about his cussing. Well, that takes courage, doesn't it? And, and Jesus might say, well, if you love me, you'll obey me. So that love is to Jesus is like love comes with something that, that he's requiring of you. And he required me to give up something I love. Would God ever require us to give up something we love? Well, let's look at him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, and we know what happened there. He, was, he took everything on him. So God is taking and shaping us into his image. So would, would God ever ask us for something we love? Yes. And we need to remember through this journey with God, we're going to have all kind of emotions when he asks of us different things. And as you journal tomorrow with him in your Bible time, I just want you to ask him, to download into you your purpose, okay? I mean, I can see your purpose. You know, you're going to be organizing and straightening out people's foundation in, in this world. You are. That's why you're here. Uh, we're not hearing it like we should. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man. We forget that. God is not a man. Because we're always needing things, aren't we? And we're always like, 
well, how are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? He's God. He's God. He holds the whole earth in his hand. This is the earth in his hand. How am I going to do it? <laughs> how am I going to do it? It's, it's like, Annie, why don't you stop and think, I'm not a man. You know, don't, don't, you know, I know you loved your father, but I'm not your father. Uh, you know, like your dad. I, I, I'm God. I can do all kinds of things. And he, he's not someone that can lie. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, okay, that he should lie. So God is not a man. God is not a liar. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Jesus doesn't have to repent for anything. Amen. And he has all this good he wants to bring into our life, doesn't he? Has he said, has he promised, and won't he do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is good. I'm sure that if I went around the room tonight, we could give testimony to the things he's done for us. I mean, couldn't we? I mean, he brought you here. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying for you and praying for you. I pray for all of you. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. You know, when I pray, things, things happen. <laughs> you know, I was uh, telling him about a friend of mine I prayed and prayed and prayed for. She was wheelchair bound. And uh, she was in a car wreck where they had to take the jaws of life and bring her out. And she was on oxygen. And she should have died. And God said, get up there. Because her name and, and need came through a ministry that I helped. And so I took it. And I got in my Hummer. And I drove all the way to see her and with the Bible and audio and everything. And, and I sat there and watched her in her wheelchair. But God would have me intercede for her. And one night I was deep in intercession at my business and just praying and crying and praying and crying and praying and crying. I mean, I very few times that's come on me, very few times. But it's just heavy, heavy, heavy. And, and uh, I got a call a couple of days later. She said, Annie, you're not going to believe what happened. She goes, I was laying in bed. And all of a sudden, I went right through the roof of my house. And I ended up in heaven, and I was in this room, and it was full of babies on the floor in their dirty diapers. And God said, you need to get out of your dirty diaper, okay, as a child, and you need to grow and help me with these others because they're all over the world. <laughs> well, that woman had no hope of, ever of any recovery. And I said, that's not true because what God did for me, God doesn't bring people to me that he's not going to heal. <laughs> I've never met one. And so over a course of time, God said, I want you to study my word, just like I gave you that card, and God wants you to study. And in, in, in that, in the obedience of that study, Proverbs chapter 4, 20 through 23 will be healing. So you're going to get that obedient healing. Well, Judy did what I told her, study, study, and she got out of that wheelchair and she had gained so much weight, and she slimmed down. She looked like a living doll. And uh, I brought her to my home. This was during uh, the, one of the major hurricanes we had years ago. I lived in South Florida in uh, Sanibel, Naples, Fort Myers area. And uh, she had to come because she was still on oxygen. That's before the oxygen got cut from her. 
But I was amazed. I was in my house, and I had put her in there with all the Bible movies. You know, we had the Gospel of John, Mark, everything. You know, and I had the refrigerator stuff. She had her oxygen on. We had it hooked up to a to the uh, generator because that storm's coming, right? That those hurricane, hurricanes come. They they really tear you up. But anyway, uh, to my shock. I was walking over because I put her in my guest house and I was walking from my main house and I was just, you know, not really paying attention, just going to see her. And she comes running out, Annie, Annie, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm walking, I'm walking. And she's spinning. And I'm like, she goes, look at me, look at me, look at me. I don't have any oxygen. Look at me, look at me. And she took running. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, Judy, he healed me, Annie. He healed me. I said, well, how did it happen? Because I brought her in the wheelchair and everything. And she said, I was just sitting there watching your Bible movies. But see, what? It, but it was over a period of time. And But what he does for one, he's going to do for another. And she got healed because she obeyed by getting in that word. Father, we just thank you. This time just flies. But I just thank you for this class. I thank you for each one here. I just... We'll continue to pray for them. Father, I just thank you that they will mount up as wings, as eagles. I just see you guys mounting up as eagles and taking off with God and your direction in life as the years progress. And Father, I thank you for that. And I thank you for, for anybody here that needs healed. I thank you, Lord, that you are, you are the healer, Jehovah Rapha. Amen? The God that heals. Father, I thank you for, for our families and our friends, and I thank you. I thank you most of all that you are number one in our life. And as we keep you number one and as we obey you, you will add everything to our life, as Matthew 6.33 says. Seek me first and obey, and I will add. Jesus will add to our lives including emotions, our family members, whatever is needed, employment, in Jesus' name. And we, we praise you, Lord, and we thank you that our days and our life is in your hands to do as you please with. Amen? Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Rialaron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialaron today at www.rialaron.org.